Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Exorcism can be extremely violent. I've seen objects hurled around rooms by powers of evil. I've smelt the breath of Satan and heard the demons' voices. Cold, scratchy, dead voices. Carrying messages of hatred. These are the words of Irish Jesuit priest, author and exorcist Malachi Martin. Malachi was born in County Kerry in 1921 to John and Catherine Martin... He was one of 10 children and he would go on to have a fascinating career as a scholar, a priest and of course a renowned exorcist. The practice of exorcism exists across cultures and religions but it's most commonly associated with the Catholic Church, partly due to the film The Exorcist and partly because the Vatican and Catholic clergy have strict guidelines on when and how one should conduct an exorcism. Last week on Patreon, we covered the practice in depth, as well as dedicating half the episode to two of the most well-known and famous cases of exorcism. So if you want more background information, you can go on over there. But this week, we're looking at one of the most famous exorcists in the past 100 years. He was a best-selling author, a renowned scholar. He worked with Ed and Lorraine Warren, two of the most famous demonologists in the world, and he came from a small town in Kerry. And there's rumours that his involvement with exorcism is what eventually caused his death. This is the story of the famous Irish exorcist, Father Malachi Martin. Start there by asking you, is there a difference yeah. between possession uh, by the devil and possession by a demon? Yes, there is. Uh, you see, the, 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 the mythology or the, the, the legend or the doctrine or the teaching, whichever you want to regard it as, it, it holds that there is a major evil spirit called Lucifer. And there is another one called Satan. And they are accompanied by or they are among uh, many, many smaller demons. And these 
do attack and possess human beings in their will and their uh, intellect. Uh, that, that's the general sort of picture. Malachi Martin was a physician's son from a large Irish-speaking family from a town called Ballylongford in County Kerry. He was one of ten children, and the family were devoutly Catholic. Four of the five of the sons in the family would enter the priesthood, Malachi being one of them. Malachi would go to school in Belvedere College in Dublin, and he'd go on to study philosophy for three years at UCD. He was ordained into the priesthood in 1954, taking his final Jesuit vows three years later. Malachi was not just a religious scholar. He took a doctorate in archaeology, oriental history and Semitic languages. He spoke fluent Hebrew and modern and classical Arabic. He completed further studies at Oxford and at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. His quest for knowledge was an ongoing one in his life. He undertook additional studies in rational psychology, experimental psychology, physics and anthropology. Malachi would dedicate much of his early career to researching the Dead Sea Scrolls, writing 24 published essays on Semitic paleology. It was during his time in the Middle East and Northern Africa that he apparently assisted in his first exorcism while working in Egypt for archaeological research. In 1958, he was assigned to work at the Vatican, which he did until 1964, and he worked as a private secretary to Cardinal Augustus Bia. According to Malachi's obituary in 1964, he requested a release from his vows. His obituary claims that this request to be released from his vows and released from priesthood was prompted by Malachi's conclusion that many in the church, particularly the Jesuits, were more interested in power than saving souls. How many of his vows he was released from remains a contentious subject. Malachi claims he was released from two of the three, while others and more critical people of Malachi would say he was released of all, therefore not being an ordained priest anymore. The same year, in 1964, Malachi moved to New York. He claimed that he remained as a priest, kind of taking on this idea of once a priest, always a priest, even though he had been released, as he claims, of two of the three vows. The Vatican allowed him to be free to do as he pleased as long as he did not dishonour his priestly vows and sacramental validity. As we mentioned, many critics disagreed. Malachi Daphne did not work as a priest when he first arrived in New York. He worked as a taximan, a waiter, a dishwasher, and he took odd jobs to support himself until eventually he found success as an author. He wrote under the pseudonym of Michael Serafian. It was through writing that he let his true feelings about the church be known, publishing a book called The Encounter, Religion in Crisis in 1970, followed by Three Popes and a Cardinal, The Church of Pius, John and Paul in its Encounter with Human History in 1972, and his 1973 book, Jesus Now. His critique of Catholicism isn't really critique of Catholicism that we would consider now. He was such a conservative and devout Catholic, he felt Christianity and Catholicism and the Vatican was moving away from its one true purpose. But it was his first best-selling novel that pushed him into the forefront of both religious and pop culture. We discussed it in our most recent episode on Patreon. 
that the publication of William Blatty's The Exorcist in 1971 and the subsequent adaptation of the movie of the same name in 1973 captivated the public. What historically was shrouded in mystery and really barely spoken of was now written in black and white for all to read. Exorcisms were now part of public property. The Exorcist was based on the true story of a young boy who underwent Catholic exorcism rites in Maryland and in Missouri in 1949. The movie was controversial, it was genre-defining and it was subversive. It wasn't an initial hit, but due to the swirling controversy surrounding it, including petitions for it to be banned, it ultimately became one of the most famous and infamous horror movies of all time, grossing a total of $441 million. Three years after the film came out, Malachi Martin published his novel and his first ever bestseller, Hostage to the Devil, the possession and exorcism of five living Americans. The truth is, whether we like it or not, the devil does exist. He is out there, he is our enemy, and he hates us. His aim is to destroy our souls. This is a reality that does exist. It's not everybody, but there are real cases. That's why a writer of exorcism In this book, exists. published in 1976, he discusses several apparent exorcisms that he claimed to have assisted on and describes himself as a practicing exorcist. It's said that William Blatty, author of The Exorcist, was not impressed by Malachi, and apparently he called him a fake and he accused him of writing fantasy that was trying to cash in on the surge of interest on the topic of demonic possession and Catholic exorcism. Malachi claims that he began writing his book in 1969 when he received his second ever Guggenheim Fellowship. But whether it was divine timing or maybe a little bit more inspired, Malachi's book was sensational and fed the demand for more exorcism content that fans of the film so desperately wanted. And this time, it was apparently all first-hand accounts from the perspective of the exorcist himself. Exorcism then is a healing, and it's a very hard healing, but it does heal. Because inside they're living hell. According to the Irish Times, each case in the book has a title and vivid narrative based on the meetings with exorcists and exorcies. The book was hailed by NBC Radio as one of the most stirring books on the contemporary scene. One case in the book is called The Rooster and the Tortoise, and it depicts the case of a professor called Carl who became possessed while reenacting a ritual he had seen himself perform in a vision. Carl travelled to Italy with a group of students who offered to document the process and the ritual, claiming that the vision he had was a reflection of events that happened in a previous life. However, it wasn't long before Carl became possessed during the ritual, Malachi claims, and he outlines the position as described by witnesses. Around the eyes, in a way none of his associates and students could ever explain, there was what they had come to call the twist, some crookedness, some wry misshapenness, as if the natural contours of skull, forehead, eyes and ears had been splayed out of kilter 
by some superhuman force residing in him temporarily with tremendous and awful power. These terrifying and vivid words used to describe the possessions are found throughout the book. In another case called The Virgin and the Girl Fixer, a priest and exorcist named Father Gregory is described as being attacked by a spirit. The spirit was possessing a transgender woman called Rita, who is described as being in the throes of battle between good and evil, with a malevolent spirit taking over her body and taking her mind as hostage. Malachi writes of Rita, The mouth opened, bearing gums and throat. The tongue protruded, quivering on a stream of grey foam bubbles. The whole face was furrowed in irregular lines as Rita broke into peals of laughter. Great buffeting gusts of mocking, jeering, schadenfreude laughter. Laughter pouring from a belly of amused scorn and contemptuous hate. When it came to what possessed these people, Malachi Martin did not believe evil had tangible forms, like we're used to seeing in fantasy stories. He said possession is real, and real prices are paid. He said that in the US he found out a lot of priests didn't believe in the devil or possession, and he had a group of priests set up an underground network of exorcists, which is how he started conducting exorcisms in the US. The real pain, well, what, what hurts in possession is the presence of the evil one. And when we start an exorcism, within the first 20 minutes we know whether it's genuine or not. Suddenly, it becomes evidence, palpably evident, like an invisible animal clawing at you with the claws you can't, you can't escape. like changing temperature, the smells, odors, objects flying around, and then there's violence on the part of the possessed person at times. They have to be held down, that's why you have assistance, who are not afraid. Because a lot of people, the moment they enter their first exorcism, it scares them. It's the most unhealthy, insalubrious, mucky, dirty, inhuman activity you could participate in, but we must in order to save these people. Now, the exorcist and his assistant and the possessed person, we're in the, pres- in the presence of something that hates us in a way that you've never felt hated before. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Father Malachi also believed that children were more prone to possession than adults. He believed the demon would do this as a way to chastise the adult in the child's family. He also believed in generational possession, that a demon would use a family as a host through various generations, often passed from mother to child, sometimes during pregnancy. Never, never. Held responsible for in any way never. what that some child of that age would do. That's right. So um, I, I'm sure you get this kind of question all the time, but how could a merciful God allow this to occur to a child that young? How could this woman's will um, make that happen? I, I, I have no answer to that. I do know it happened. I do know that there's full consent on the part of the child. I do know that they have a development of will and mind that frightens you when you come across it. You, you know you're in the presence of a tiny body which is as developed as your will, your adult will, although not with the experience. And it's a very frightening thing. Boy, it's a scary like world. Like a talking dog. You know, I, I sort of half expected you to say, don't worry, that child uh, is not in hell. Well, but that is what you say. I as to who finally ends up in hell, Art, that is something reserved to God. You don't know. The four stages of the process of possession are included in his book. Number one, first, the actual entry point. The point at which evil spirits enter an individual and a decision, however tenuous, is made by the victim to allow it to stay, to allow that entry. Number two, then a stage of erroneous judgments by the possessed in vital matters as a direct result of the allowed presence of the possessing spirit and eventually in preparation for the next stage. Number three, the voluntary yielding of control by the possessed person to force or presence he clearly feels is alien to himself and as a result of which the possessed loses control of his will and so of the decisions and his actions. Number four, once the third stage is secure, extended control proceeds and may potentially reach the point of completion, perfect possession. It could happen swiftly or take years to accomplish, apparently, and the stages may not come in that order. In time, he became this iconic person within the paranormal world, especially after the publication of his book. Many of the famous people in that field, like as we mentioned, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who famously were involved in paranormal stories that inspired the movies of The Conjuring and Amityville Horror, worked closely with Malachi throughout their careers. Ultimately, Malachi Martin said the exorcist will take the pain for those who are possessed. When the rebellion of the possessed person does lead to exorcism, the bitter struggle is brought out into the open. The exorcist literally offers himself as hostage. This apparently, the words of Malachi Martin, became a self-fulfilling prophecy, depending on who you believe. Is there now, or is there going to be, an antichrist? There, whether there is now is a question. There is going to be an Antichrist, and I think the best thing we can do is talk about his public appearance. 
All right. Because he may already be in existence. Uh, for me to say he is in existence would immediately provoke the questions, where is he and what is he doing? Yes. Now, I want to avoid that. Yes. Uh, but there, there, he will be manifest publicly within a reasonable amount of time. Most people who are 20-something or 30-something will come across Antichrist in their life. Maliki went on to write more books throughout his life. And he also continued to conduct exorcisms. He sadly died in New York in 1999, the age of 78. The causes of which are speculated, depending on who you want to believe. Officially, his death was caused by an intracerebral hemorrhage, four days after his 78th birthday. It was caused by a fall in his apartment in Manhattan. However, claims in a 2016 documentary and by a former CIA agent who was close friends with him, say he died and he fell after a possessed child spoke to him. On a little bit different tangent, talk about your past experiences as an exorcist. Yes, that is a fascinating thing, and it's always fascinating for a lot of people. We must tell them beforehand, Michael, that exorcism itself and possession is, uh, is not a joyous thing, it's not a happy thing. Uh, possession is a dirty, uh, insalubrious, unhealthy, mucky, and uh, unpleasant situation when you come across it. But it's a necessary evil in the sense that we have to deal with it once we meet uh, people who are possessed. A family asked Maliki to come and help their little girl who was possessed by something, or so they believed. Maliki at the time wasn't in the best of health. He had had multiple heart surgeries and he suffered with issues of the heart, but he insisted on going to visit this girl in Connecticut as the family were very poor and apparently had no other recourse. When Maliki and his assistants entered the room where the little girl was only four years old, his group included a psychologist, among other demonologists. Two psychiatrists who right. do not necessarily believe in God. That's right. Generally, generally I have always tried to uh, use the, the services and the skills of psychiatrists who will tell you I'm an atheist. You know, I, I really don't believe in practically in God. Really? So, well, they're not influenced, therefore, by any prejudice. So then there is a good use for even the atheists. <laughs> Although I must tell you that they, every, uh, I've only found one or two psychiatrists who wanted to assist at an exorcism, and generally, one of them, one of them I wrote about, Dr. Hammond, uh, he simply gave up all psychiatry. They claimed it was like no other case they had ever witnessed before. It was very unusual for a four-year-old to be acting in the way that she did. Some say she was sexually provocative. Others say it was more an energy around her. The room went cold. The girl, however, seemed to be acting pretty oblivious to this state. She didn't believe she was possessed, but her parents felt otherwise. This was all until Malachi started praying. The girl began to rock back and forth bursting out of the restraints that were holding her still. She apparently lunged toward Malachi. She tried to gouge her own eyes out and she bit several of the assistants as they tried to hold her in place. She screamed as if she was being physically tortured when Malachi blessed her with a crucifix. Malachi knew this one was going to be difficult. This was a demon he hadn't dealt with before and he hadn't even begun the ritual of exorcism yet. 
Malachi decided that the girl was indeed possessed and left the family to go home and research and prepare for the upcoming exorcism. When he said goodbye to the young girl, some of his assistants say that the young girl blew him a kiss in a devilish way. A few days later, his friend got a call from Malachi. Malachi told him that while reaching out for a book in the morning, he fell off his stool. But he was clear. It was not a fall or a stumble. He knew he was pulled off the stool or that the stool was grabbed from beneath him. He was explicit that he felt whatever was attached to that little girl was now with him to some extent and was not happy with his plans to exorcise the demon from its host. When he went to the hospital, he suddenly fell into a coma and about a day and a half later, he passed away. The struggle, whether it was between good and evil or health and wellness, was over for Malachi. And what about the little girl, I hear you ask? Well, according to a colleague of Malachi's, four years later, he assisted in her exorcism. He claims the demon was so powerful that he thought it might be Lucifer himself, but no other information was given. So, was Malachi a celebrity exorcist? Yes. Was he legitimate? Well, herein lies the controversy. Many priests and critics claim Malachi gave up all priestly duties when he moved to New York. Therefore, he had no right to conduct any exorcism under the name of the Vatican. Many critics claim that this was part of a persona. It helped him sell books. It added to the package deal that Malachi wanted to be a celebrity and he found it with Ed and Lorraine Warren and all of the buzz around his books and the buzz around exorcism in the 70s. His friends and believers, however, feel that even if he did renounce some vows, the way he lived his life and what he stood for showed he was a more devout Catholic than most Catholic priests at the time and that everything he did was following a calling from God. Malachi certainly wrote extensively about the practice of exorcism and while in the US he did conduct exorcisms, whether they were approved by the Vatican or not is another story. I'll leave it up to you. Let me know what you think below. Do you believe in possession? Do you think demonic forces can take you hostage? Or do you feel this is all just an outdated idea, usually involving vulnerable people who suffer with mental illness? I'm doing weekly episodes over on Patreon, and every October we do things a little more spooky. So if you want to hear some more of that, you know where to go. It will all be linked below. We've done episodes on Amityville Horror, Black Eyed Kids, we've had paranormal hotlines, interviews with witches, and of upcoming episodes on Roanoke and lots more. Talk to you all very soon. Bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 